Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. And by Vistar Credit Union with locations across Gator Country. Visit vistarcu.org. And also, the humidor, going the distance for fine cigars. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Dooley Noted, everything Florida Gators, with your host, Pat Dooley. Okay, welcome into another edition of the Dooley Noted Podcast, and this will do it until um, after the new year. We're going to do this one and then um, take some time off, just a little bit. Obviously, bowl season is fast approaching. The Gators play two weeks from last night, and it's it's kind of weird. It, it kind of... I don't know, just sped up on me. But um, I uh, this will we'll, we'll shut it down after this one until we get back, and so I'll be doing one after the um, the Orange Bowl, probably on Wednesday. We're gonna try to work that out. The Wednesday after the Orange Bowl is on a Monday night, right? I gotta get all this figured out, and probably on the Wednesday after that, we'll do it to talk about what happened in the game. But Robbie and I will be doing a. Uh, swamp cast after the game uh, on Facebook, so you can look for that. We got a bunch of other stuff coming up. Make sure you uh, pay attention to Gatorsports.com and uh, Gainesville.com. We got uh, uh, some really cool things uh, coming up leading up to the game, and of course, we'll be going down there on Thursday, twenty sixth. And uh, it's great. They bring all the. <laughs> it's one reason you love the New York Six Bowls, and I know you guys probably don't care that my life is made easier but you know well sometimes i like to talk about it and some people get mad at me for doing it but whatever um but for new york six bowl they bring all the players and coaches to the media hotel on three straight days so you get more stuff than you you could ever get during a normal interview here and they're not on the podium they're you're they're sitting around a table it's great we love it love it um in fact what they do is they put them on a podium, and you don't want to be in that room because nobody ever says anything on a podium in front of a microphone. Then they, they bring them over to another room where you just can sit around talking to them. Uh, in fact, I remember one of the things that we talked about last year was Kyle Pitts, who the players were raving about, and they kind of did it uh, in a funny, you know, where they kind of brought it up, they, how good Kyle Pitts was going to be because I guess he was looking good in um, – bowl practice so it turned out to be now you end up with an all sec guy and that's i know one thing robbie's working on who are going to be the receivers for next year and uh they may be uh they've got three freshmen obviously uh including a kid from here in whittemore 
And, um, you know, obviously Jacob Copeland, obviously um, some of the other guys that are going to be back. Well, we don't know about Trayvon Grimes. I would think he would come back, but you never know. Um, I'm sure it depends a lot on his evaluation. Now, that's something Dan talked about on Monday, the evaluations for these players. They say he said they've got five of them out. I, I'm guessing they had – I think he said you can only have five. Well, I guess they didn't even bother to get CJ's, you know, because he's like, I'm going the first round. I don't want to be here. I'm getting out. Um, and that's fine. Again, it's his life. Um, but if they got five out, I was trying to think of who they would be uh, for junior evaluations. And we, we, we figure Marco Wilson's an obvious one. Um, and then we'll see which other ones, you know. I, I would guess Trayvon Grimes is one. Um, probably, eh, I don't know. I don't want to speculate on, on guys that aren't aren't don't have their things out there, and then you kind of say, "Oh man, you didn't even get your grades." So, um, but we'll see if, if Florida. You know, I know the, the theme has been that that Coach Mullen talking about how uh, C.J. Henderson's the only one who's not playing, the only one who's turning pro. But again, they don't know yet. They don't know guys that are turning pro. In fact, you could technically, you could probably, possibly see a guy say, hey, look, I got a way better grade than I thought. I'm turning pro, and I don't want to take a risk. I don't think they will. I don't think they're – because I think when you practice, and you, they've been practicing, they're going to practice again early next week, and then obviously down the bull site. Um, you, you, you're practicing to play, and you want to get ready to play. And um, I, I, I also think that what we've talked about before here with guys like Dante Fowler and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson – two guys who increased their draft status by the way they play. Uh, Fowler, to me, w- went through the roof because of what he did um, in that Birmingham Bowl. And this is against East Carolina, but people were watching, and it's, it's another game to get tape on. So we'll see what happens there um, with those five guys. Uh, you know, the bowl game, we continue to talk about it um, without a lot of enthusiasm, but it's kind of interesting. I went actually went and purchased a couple of tickets um, yesterday for my daughter and, and wife so they can enjoy it. And uh, seats aren't bad. They're not bad. 110, but the the really good seats are 240. But the good news is Florida, and that's not surprising. That's not, you know, I guarantee you they're similar at other places. Uh, Florida sold uh, all but 1,400 of their 14,000 allotments. So that's obviously South Florida showing up and other people are coming as well. Um, you know, there are games that aren't doing as well with ticket sales, and we all know that there's going to be empty seats all over the country. You know, don't worry about it. It's okay. Uh, but the, I saw where the – at least this was as of four or five days ago. The cheapest get-in price – now, the get-in price means what you can – you can get a ticket for this much just to get into the stadium. Your seat may not be any good, but the, the cheapest get-in price – the second cheapest was for the uh, Sugar Bowl because it's Georgia Baylor. Baylor's a little disappointed, but yeah, again, it's Baylor in New Orleans. It's not exactly a uh, you know a great attraction. It's like taking BYU there, um, but and Georgia's obviously very disappointed with the way their season finished. And this could end up – no, I, I don't know if it will. I'm Maybe Georgia fans show up. They get over being 
glum over the injuries they had in the bowl game and how they weren't competitive in the bowl game. And um, they get over that and they go, hey, we need to go to this game. Um, uh, but it could be like the Florida-Louisville game back in uh, after after Will Muschamp's second year. So it would have been 02 or 12, 2012, so 2013 Sugar Bowl. I assume it was played on the first. I don't, I don't even remember. Anyway, I just know there was nobody there. No, no Gator fans were there. They just didn't want to go. And a, a little bit of it then was going to New Orleans. You know, you've been there. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there 19 times now. You know, going there is no attraction. Well, don't forget, Georgia went there last year and didn't even show up as a team. And if you're a Georgia fan and you saw that happen against Texas, you got to be thinking, uh, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this is not what I uh, I want to go see again. I don't want to go see this this game again, and so you may end up with really uh, bad ticket sales. All right, so um, signing day is is tomorrow. It's Wednesday. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, it's today. It obviously has been going really well. There have been some guys flip at the last minute there could be a couple of big ones tim smith is the one everybody's talking about which you'll know tomorrow because actually it's almost a little bit after i finish this um he is actually announced it actually i think it's 315 i think 215 was central time but we'll see anyway We'll see what kind of class they get. It's gonna. It sounds like it's gonna be a really good class, and it's almost gonna be completed. There's only gonna be a couple of spots left, uh, which and this is what is going on. We we wondered the first year what the early signing period would be like, and there was a lot of people kind of coaches were wondering, you know. But now we realize what it what it is. It is the new signing period. It is signing day. This other thing is just a. Uh, it's a nothing. It's it's. You get a few more guys, and that's the day they can officially sign. And this is what you know what the players really wanted, and what a lot of people wanted was you know where you're going. Why do you have to wait and drag it out? And we're seeing less of this drama. You know, I think guys are like if if a guy's and again we're talking about in the South. If a guy dragged out his his um, uh, effort to commit for a long time and he went back and forth and this is January you're paying attention because it's not football season now it's during football season you go whatever uh Florida got to commit great you know uh, but now you you're going to pay attention to it to see what happens and how where their class is rated but don't get too carried away it really isn't that big a difference between being sixth and eighth you know the difference is between being in the top four it's kind of like the um the reg- the season, if you're in the top four, you're in the playoffs. If you're not, you still had a really good year, but you're not quite there. Same exact thing, at least in my mind. We got to take a break. We always do that right around this time. We'll do that when we come back. We'll talk a little bit about the Heisman and also uh, a little basketball. And guess what's coming up this weekend? Bowl season. I got a lot of stuff to talk about. We'll see how long it lasts. And we'll be joined a little bit later by Paul Feinbaum. Uh, who from the SEC Network and, C- and uh, ESPN and ABC and he does what? What doesn't he do? Looking forward to talking to him. You're listening to the Duly Noted podcast at GatorSports.com. At Vistar, we believe in better, better convenience 
so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Tailgates and Gator Winds call for the best cigars available from around the world. Pick your sticks today and save at the Florida family-owned site, thehumidor.com. Get free shipping on every cigar order. Find boxes from the biggest brands, samplers hand-selected by top tobacconists, or pick your own single sticks. Thehumidor.com, going the distance for fine cigars. All right, welcome back to the podcast. One thing um, I did uh, I did not watch the highs, and we had a little uh, charcuterie party, which I didn't know what charcuterie was until Saturday, and now I know, and apparently it's just meat and cheese and desserts and gorging on it. Uh, so I know what charcuterie is. But anyway, we had this little party, so I didn't ha- we didn't have the TV on. We had it on music. Actually, we had it on the, that Yule log that you can play, and it looks like you have a fire. Um so I went back and watched, though, the, the speech, and obviously a great speech by Joe Burrow. You know, I was thinking about Gator speeches, and definitely Spurrier wins for that, too, because during his speech is when he announced that he wanted to give his uh, Heisman Trophy to the University of Florida. And that's when they said, whoa, whoa, wait, uh, we'll, we'll just give you two. And they started doing that that season uh, with Coach Spurrier. Um, you know, I remember Danny's was kind of, he was like, he was like trying. He and his girlfriend were kind of not always getting along, and they were. And so I think he was trying to say a lot of nice things about her. And he was wearing this awful shirt. It was blood uh, red kind of shirt, dark, dark blood red, maroon something. And uh, I, we were even asking, why? Where did you get that shirt? Well, my girlfriend gave it to so me, so he had to wear it. So um, his speech was okay. It was fine, and Tebow's was fine. They're like most of them, but but Burroughs was special, and give that guy credit. I mean, um, it's hard to not like the guy, and and I actually am finding myself kind of rooting for LSU to win this um, this championship. I I know you almost feel like it's they've gotten too much out of it. Like Grant Delpit winning the Jim Thorpe Award is a joke. He was injured much of the season. He didn't have any stats. He had the same stats as Sean Davis. Would you vote for Sean Davis? For the Jim Thorpe, no. Um, but it's, it's oh, LSU. Uh, and also, their defense wasn't very good until the last game of the year. And guess what? The biggest problem was their secondary wasn't any good. <laughs> Jim Thorpe a winner. Uh, but but anyway, they've gotten a plethora of stuff. And that that's when you kind of get a little bit irritated. But I think, you know, I think about who I want to win. Oklahoma, I have no feelings about anymore. You know, when, when Stoopsie was there, it was different. Um, certainly I'm not a big Dabo fan, so I don't want Clemson to win. And you don't like dynasties if you're a college football fan. Usually I would think so. Uh, maybe you do. Um, and Ohio State, uh, kind of indifferent on them. You know, I had strong feelings about them both ways with Urban Meyer there. Um, but now, you know, Ryan Day seems like a decent guy. and I, I, But I think I'm going to root for LSU in the playoffs. Um, but Burrow, the speech he gave was was great for a lot of reasons. One of them, 
was what he said about the poverty level at, or in his hometown, which is up in Athens County and in Ohio. And somebody started a, who was watching it, started a fund uh, to raise money for their food bank there. And they're already up over, I think over, maybe over 200,000 now. And that's just great. And, you know, you almost feel like, Somebody should get, they should have a Heisman Trophy presentation every night for a different, every school in the country. And you get up there and you talk about how something that's really needed in your community and, and people would do it. They would fund it, you know, cause all those, all those, um, were coming from Louisiana. Most of them of, of the, uh, donations. If you did one here for, um, whatever you wanted, whatever the cause you felt was important, stop children's cancer. And and did something there. You you could raise because that's the platform you have when you're on TV and when you are, especially when you're a Heisman Trophy winner. It makes you a different person. Uh, Joe Burrow is a different person now than he was Friday, even though we all knew he was going to win. He's a different person. He's a Heisman winner. It never goes away unless you're OJ Simpson. So for the most part, though. Your Heisman never goes away. And that feeling about you and, and what makes you different from other people, and, be, and I don't want to say better, but it makes you more, gives you more accolades than most people, even who go on to the NFL. Peyton Manning's one of the most famous players in the world. Didn't win the Heisman, though, and that's kind of a special thing. Uh, and of course, bitter about it. But anyway, I'm, I'm going on and on about this Heisman thing, but I, I, feel strongly that it's a really important my ballot um and again i uh i voted for him obviously uh i voted second uh chase young and i voted third jalen hurts um justin fields certainly deserved uh, our consideration i think those four obviously were the ones that needed to be in new york I, got, I get that people were voting for Jonathan Taylor and some other people like that because they wanted to get him to New York, and, and that's fine. I have no problem with that. I'm, I'm no longer the bitter Heisman voter who thinks it should be down to 100 guys. I've totally changed my mind on that, so like, you won't have to hear it anymore. Some people get tired of me repeating what I have to say. All right. One more thing I want to talk about with Florida and Dan Mullen is this whole Cowboys thing, which is kind of a made-up story and Dan Mullen didn't shoot it down 100% on on uh, Monday, but kind of did, uh, but not 100%. Um, but what, where it is is people connecting dots, and here are the dots. You go from Cowboys struggling again under Jason Garrett. Uh, Jerry Jones comes out and says, we shouldn't be struggling like this. Everybody takes that and and what their performances this year as being Jason Garrett's getting fired at the end of the season. Jerry Jones is going to give him time. This isn't college football. You can leave a coach in, right up until the very end, then fire him. You not having, you don't have to worry about recruiting. So you know it's so different in the pros. You could you don't have to have a coach until after the draft. You know, really, if you, if you've got a general manager you trust, and Jerry Jones trusts himself, who's the general manager. All right, so Jerry Jones is going to get rid of Jason Garrett. Everybody's assuming that. Well, 
Dak Prescott, they want to sign him to a long-term deal. He needs the right quarterback coach. Oh, Dan Mullen was his coach in college. Dan Mullen's look at the great things he's doing at Florida. He won at Mississippi State where nobody wins on a consistent basis. Let's put them together. Doesn't mean they have to be put together. It doesn't mean there's been a discussion. But let's create that story. And that's what's happened basically here. Dan Mullen said on Monday, look, you know, I really love it here. I think we're building something really special. We're building a championship program. And and in, and in saying that, he was basically saying, believe me, I'm not saying I'm never going to the NFL. But what I'm saying is I, I, I got unfinished business here, and I really want to make this special. But if Jerry Jones comes in and offers me $19 million and um, – a free Lear jet, I might say yes. Because you never say never. You never say, I'm never taking that job. That's why I, I've learned a lesson the hard way. I'm never ever going to say, that's not going to ever happen. Dan Mullen to the Cowboys, could it happen? Sure. Anything could happen. College football, pro football. Just wait and see, but I don't think it'll happen. You never know. You never, never know. It's um, it'll be interesting to see. And and here's the other thing. I, I I had to pause there while I was making a point. I had to I had to remember the point to make it. Here's the thing. Um, it, he's going to get a contract extension this probably probably this summer sometime, maybe in this late spring. It's going to happen after signing day at some point. They'll sit down. You know, it takes forever. It takes forever to get signed. It takes forever for lawyers. But they'll sign a contract extension. I don't know how long it'll be for. It'll be a little bit more money, a raise, basically. As long as you have this story out there about the Cowboys, hey, it's leverage. So if I'm Dan Mullen, I'm like, hey, I I love it here. It's great. We're building a championship here. Now, I'm not saying I would never think about the Cowboys, but he made a great point after we were done with him yesterday that if Florida had played in the the, uh, Cotton Bowl, which was a real possibility – the next day, the Cowboys were playing, and he would have planned on he and his son staying there to watch the game, to watch the Cowboys. And he said, I'd be in a box. Can you imagine the stories that would come out? And we're all just going, thank God they're going to the Orange Bowl. The next day would would be brutal. We're trying to track down the story that Dan Mullen was in Dallas. He kind of appreciated us. It was kind of funny. He he appreciated how busy our days would have gotten if that had happened, but it was pretty 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 funny stuff. Anyway, uh, I've gone off. I've gone off on too many tangents here. Um, so let's bring Paul Feinbaum on. Let's do that. I'll do that when I come back. Uh, after that, I've got a few things, including three things, but I've got a couple things I want to talk about. I'll I'll try to do them briefly because I know you want to get off the treadmill. You are listening to the duly noted podcast at GatorSports.com. Zaxby's taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or visit Zaxby's.com. Okay, and uh, we are back here on the on the Duly Noted Podcast. A great honor to be uh, having on our show the great Paul Feinbaum. Of course, you know him well from TV, radio, everything. He's the king of all media, even <laughs> books. Uh, Paul, how are you? Pat, I am doing great, and uh, I'm glad we uh, are able to to convene here on on such a lovely day, talking about the Gators. 
Yeah, we we definitely want to talk about the Gators uh, to start with because um, you know I think you kind of when when you're covering a team you kind of get caught up in the daily grind of it. But from afar, I would think that people are fairly impressed with what Dan Mullen's been able to do in two years, winning twenty games. I think it's incredible, uh, and and I was thinking yesterday uh, with all the talk of the playoffs how. How really underrated his accomplishments are, because we get so hung up on who's in the top four and and all that. But uh, you know, Florida didn't miss by much, and and I don't think the country really appreciates how great uh, a job that Dan has done. And and I'll say this: uh, I think it's terribly unfortunate uh, that Florida kind of gets stuck playing an opponent like Virginia in a prestigious game because it really takes away from what they should be accomplishing. You know, they, they, sh- they should be celebrating uh, in, a, in a really big-time game. And even though the, the uh, it sounds great, uh, the opponent is terrible. Yeah, it's not it's not great, although they, they'll get a couple of guys back, but still obviously not ranked very high. And, and the only reason, Paul, you know they're ranked at all is because they didn't want to have an Orange Bowl with an unranked team in it, uh, no. the committee. Can't believe they do stuff like that, can you? <laughs> uh, I'll get Scott, Scott Strickland to uh, admit to it eventually, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Hey, let me ask you about the, the place you know an awful lot about, uh, Alabama, and what the mindset for those, that fan base right now. They're not used to this. They're not used to not being in the playoffs. They're not used to being in the hunt and for them to be basically home. It, they're, they're going to the bowl everybody makes fun of. Um, now and I can't think they're going to have a lot of people there. But uh, what's the mindset of the Alabama faithful right now? Listen, Pat. Uh, for years, I, I've been accused of uh, living in Nick Saban's uh, guest house, uh, of being the biggest Alabama sycophant in the world. And yesterday, I had a guy call in, famous caller to the Feinbaum show, legend, saying, uh, I, "I've got to defend you because everybody down here thinks you're a Bama hater." I'm like, "Going? Would you? Can we just freeze this moment in time?" But uh, and all I said uh, two weeks ago, Pat, was I felt like the window was closing on on the Saban dynasty. Uh, hey, by the way, the window's already closed. Uh, they they won one, they won two of the last seven national championships, which is pretty phenomenal. But that's not a dynasty. And if uh, Dabo Sweeney happens to win this year, that's three out of four. That that would qualify. As a as a current dynasty, and, and and one guy came back at me and said, "Yeah, but we're number one in recruiting." I'm like, "Going okay, well that's that's fantastic. You're number one every year, which makes me wonder why why don't you win more national championships?" And by the way, I stole that line from Steve Spurrier. Yes, yeah, he did. He said, "No question about it." But it is amazing to think about if anybody was going to kind of challenge the dynasty of Alabama, it was going to be another team in the South. It was going to, and, and, and now it's Clemson. And, and now on the other side, it's, it's uh, LSU, obviously. And we don't know if they're going to be able to sustain once Joe Burrow leaves, but the year they had was just phenomenal. You know, the other thing, uh, Paul, I don't know that we've ever had a year in the SEC, and you've been around it a long time like I have, where we've seen two better stories than Joe Burrow and Kyle Trask. I mean, those are two phenomenal stories. Truly. Uh, and, you know, I uh, I still remember being down there with you guys uh, in Orlando going, what is Felipe Franks trying to do here in, in the second half of the Miami game? <laughs> and, you know, listen, uh, great kid. Wish him well wherever he goes. But uh, I, rarely have, you, have I ever seen – 
a situation uh, where an injury to a player turned out to completely and totally change the season because uh, the Kentucky game probably would have been a lost cause. And uh, you know, I don't know what else would have been, but it, it just turned out to be a great uh, a great story. And here's a guy that everyone knows it by now. Uh, he waited his turn, just like Joe Burrow. What are your thoughts on the hires we've seen and, and getting Lane Kiffin back in the league? Obviously, for all of us in the media, we were all uh, – I think we all popped a little champagne to get him back in the league because you know he's going to say something stupid. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, listen, uh, I'll say this quietly because I don't want anybody to tweet it, but, I mean, there's quite a few boring coaches in the SEC, okay? That's true. Uh, and 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 you know uh, yeah, Mullen is certainly uh, an outlier when it comes to that. He'll say anything, he'll do anything. He's got energy. Uh, Kiffin is uh, from the same same genre, but but you know, there's a lot of guys from Central Casting who just read from uh, the script. So when you get Lane in, in a league, uh, it, it, it's it's exciting. And uh, you guys. I remember 2009 uh, and, and, you know, all the things that went back and forth between Urban and Lane. And, uh, and there's that famous story uh, that actually told us at uh, Mike's live funeral uh, when I was giving his eulogy that, uh, I mean, these two were going back and forth, uh, Urban and, and Lane, and uh, at the coaches' meeting at Dustin. And finally, Mike Slive, who's, who's the smallest guy in the room, just slammed his uh, fist through the table and, and said, Lane, shut the blank up. And, <laughs> and the, the place just, like, froze. And uh, I looked down, uh, and, and, and I, I, I said at the, at, the, at, the, at the funeral, I said, even, even Nick Saban broke out into a smile, and he was in the <laughs> second row, and he just cracked up because uh, nobody, nobody uh, ever expected to hear that from the commissioner. And, uh, but, but also – uh, that was a great rivalry. Uh, I, I mean, Kiffin just accuses Urban of cheating uh, in a situation where he wasn't. Uh, the battle was on, and uh, we don't have that anymore. Yeah, no, it's going to be really interesting there. And also, Sam Pittman's an interesting hire. I'm curious what yeah. what he's going to have to say. I don't know much about Drinkwitz. I, I don't. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was interviewing him the other day. Uh, and I, I mean, you've done a lot of radio, and I'm, I'm like practicing his name uh, <laughs> under my breath because, because I, I mean, I, I, I knew who he was, but I'd never met, I'd never uttered his name before. Yeah, it, let me ask you about Auburn right now because uh, the mindset there is kind of weird too. Because hey, we 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 did great. We get to go to the to the uh, Outback Bowl, you know. But certainly at some point, they've got to win something, don't they? Yeah, uh, listen, that, uh, Gus Malzahn has made a living out of beating Alabama two of the last three years, which is a pretty big, significant accomplishment. But, you know, two years ago, uh, on Johnson was hurt in the championship game, and uh, they lost that, and they lost to UCF, which was a pretty big embarrassment. Last year, the season was not good. This year, uh yeah, they they won the game that mattered, but uh, they lost the game at Florida. They lost the game at LSU, and they lost the Georgia game. So a little bit of a mixed bag, and 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 then they also got jobbed by Alabama to, to be in the Citrus Bowl. So uh, you know, win would you know, give them ten wins, and that's what Gus Malzahn's talking about. But what else do you talk about at this point in the season when you're not playing for much else? Last question for you, and we appreciate your time, Paul. Have you ever been tempted to turn 
to your right when you're on the set for SEC Nation and tell Tim Tebow to shut the blank up? Uh, I, I cannot. I, I'm not allowed to. to I'm, I'm never allowed to give my true feelings. Um, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, and I'm not just saying this to say it, uh, Pat, but you know, working with Tim the last six years has, has been really an honor. Uh, and I, I, I love being around them because, uh, you know, I am fascinated by him. One thing I have learned, though, um, you, you're not going to argue with Tim Tebow. I mean, it's, yeah, right. it, I mean, he has said to me before the, before the show, hey, let's, let's get into it. I mean, let's go. And I'm like going, are you, are you kidding, Tim? I mean, you got a, a guy in his early 60s, balding, <laughs> who has, who's never played a down of football, and I'm going to try to argue with uh, one of the most popular figures in the history of the game, and even when I'm 100% correct, Pat, I'm wrong because nobody thinks that, that I would know anything while he would know everything. So it's a losing cause, uh, but uh, I love being around him. Uh, and, you know, he's getting married in a couple of weeks, which uh, is, is, is going to be a reality show, I think. But where's my, I never got my invitation in the mail. I guess mm. I must have missed it. Uh, well, I, uh, I am prohibited. Let me uh, say this. Uh, I am prohibited from giving you the date, uh, the locale, or anything else. But I can tell you what, you cannot drive to it. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. I, I tell mean, you, between Timmy and, and Laura Rutledge, I mean, you must think that all Gators are pretty nice people. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's you know, and Spurrier, of course. Yeah, but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, and, and by the way, I mean, when you when you grow up, uh, you know, in in Tennessee, which I did, and and when I went to school at UT, Florida was not a rival. So, uh, and then spending most of your life in Alabama, I have learned a lot about Florida and and and, and the uh, the importance that Florida fans uh, put on their own uh, on their own history and tradition. He is the great Paul Feinbaum. We appreciate him for coming on. We'll be back with more of the Duly Noted Podcast right after this break. Zaxby's taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or visit zaxby's.com. Okay, welcome back to the Duly Noted Podcast. Thanks so much, Paul Feinbaum, for being on the show. Uh, we are, uh, again, this is the last one of the se- of the year, of the season. And then isn't, we're like Howard Stern. Howard Stern, I was listening to today, signed off until next year. Uh, that's kind of what we're doing with this. So we'll be coming back um, next uh, year with a brand-new podcast and keep it going right through the spring game as we always do. Uh, but you obviously need a little bit of time off, as everybody does. Um, you know, it, I'm just going to hit on a couple things quick. One – how good is it to be in Louisiana right now? Not only do you have what's, what we talked about with Joe Burrow and this this juggernaut of a team that uh, I think has surprised everybody, but Drew Brees breaks the record for completions, uh, touchdown throws last night, and goes 29 of 30 in the process. Now, he broke one of the guys he passed was Tom Brady. I don't think Brady's done, but it'll be interesting to see who ends up with that, that uh, a championship. But it's, it's going great. In Louisiana, uh, Alabama has had a couple players say they're not going to play in their bowl game. Terrell Lewis, Trevon Diggs. I don't think. In fact, uh, Drew Copeland and I are going to do the picks that we do every year, uh, and I probably will pick against Alabama because I think they're what they're going to kind of be what Michigan was last year. And I don't take anything away from Florida for the way they played in the game. They played, they played well, and they played hard, and they were well coached, and they deserved to win the game. But, but. 
Michigan was missing some key players, and some of their players that they had, you could kind of see that. And I, I talked about this uh, in my column. Um, sometimes a player will say, yeah, I'm going to play in the game. Of course I'm going to play in the game. But mentally he's not quite there, the focus in there. And then he tries to turn it on during the game, and it doesn't happen. It, he turns it and goes, rawr, 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 rawr. it's just not there. And we, I saw a little bit of that in that game. Um, interesting that Barry Odom is the new uh, defensive coordinator at Arkansas. That's uh, a good hire, I think. I think Barry Odom's a great defensive coordinator. I wouldn't want him as my head coach. I just don't think he's got that it factor. It's just my opinion. Um, and then basketball plays tonight. It'll be interesting to see how they do. I'm not expecting a whole lot, and it's not because of the way they played. It's not because I'm down on them or anything. But this schedule they've got is so weird. Taking 10 days off for for exams and everything, I get the importance of it. But this is a schedule they played one home game. When they play their next home game, they'll have played one in the last 44 days. I don't think that's a good schedule. I don't think it allows you to build any momentum as a team, and we keep talking about this team and how they're trying to – find their chemistry uh, I, I don't know that you always find it in hotel rooms I don't know that you always find it in practice I think it's got to happen in games and when you're not you've got this kind of herky-jerky start to the season uh, especially with so many games away from home you started out with the three games at home and then one game since and only one more to go and that's Long Beach State later next week but this is a huge week for basketball you've got two games Providence uh, Utah State, good teams, need to find a way to win these games. If you do, it's going to give you momentum and it's going to give you uh, brownie points with the committee. And if you can get through this thing 9-3 and three, and now you go play the conference, this conference isn't very good this year. Uh, there's some good teams, but it's the sixth best conference according to RPI. Um, so anyway, I, I said I was going to hit on these things quick. Let me keep going quick. Uh it, the bowl schedule is, is kind of different this year. It's kind of odd, especially how early the um, college football playoff games are and then how late the final is, 16 days in between. Come on, man. That's, we'll, we'll have forgotten who's playing. But it does start Friday. <laughs> bowl season is here. It's the most wonderful time of the year i wish you had i wish you could see me because i'm doing the, like the ski thing skiing down the skis i need a, i need a uh, a webcast instead of this anyway bowl season begins friday 2 p.m bahamas bowl now the bad news for the lovely people uh, from charlotte who uh, of course mike hills the ad there and we love mike to death it's supposed to be windy and rainy oh no you go to the bahamas and not for windy and rainy but that's what it's supposed to be. And then that night's the Frisco Bowl. Okay? There you go. <laughs> I don't know who's in the Frisco Bowl, but that night is the Frisco Bowl. So that bowl season is starting on Friday. And then Saturday you get six games. Okay? None, none of them are compelling, but it's football on TV. I like it. All right. Um, what's the <laughs> – oh, the night commission – is, is basically calling for big revenue programs to form their own organization and get rid of the NCAA. And what I basically, I think if this, no, this is just a night commission, it's a watchdog. 
not that much happens out of the Knight Commission, but they certainly have um, the interest and heart of making things. It's like they're the commissioner that we can't have. They want, they're acting like it, but they don't have any power. Um, but I think we may be headed that way eventually at some point. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see whether we ever get to that point with the super conferences. And then do they allow, okay, let's let's have these super conferences. Well, we, let's go up to 16. Every league's got to go up to 16, and now there's a scramble to get teams in the Big 12. That'd be fun to watch. It really would, actually. Um, South Carolina, their athletic director has proposed to their board of trustees alcohol and general seating for their three major sports. Uh, Florida's tried it with the North Florida game this year, I believe it was. In basketball, it is it's going to be a slower process. It's not. It's hard to get everybody on board, everybody on the same page. There are a lot of people that want it, including I would bet I would bet you that the police want it because they'd rather have people, you know, where they're limited what they can drink instead of unlimited out in the parking lot. Um, so anyway, we'll see where that goes with Florida coming going forward with that. But I, I haven't heard anything else since that they tried that out. Um, Gosh, is there anything else, or do I go right to three things? I had this. Oh, the um, again, this is this is Pat Dooley's podcast. Sometimes I I talk about me too much, and I know that. But man, I cannot wait for Saturday, a week from now. Okay, because Saturday a week from now, we are get our we'll get our work done fairly early. They're bringing players to us. I think at eight thirty in the morning. I mean, we'll we'll be done at some point. But you you get this. On TV, noon, Iowa State, Notre Dame. Iowa, Notre Dame, I'm going to give you some spreads here. Three and a half point favorite in the Camping World Bowl. The best part about that, and I will, I guarantee I will say that, say this, at some point during the broadcast to Robbie or my wife or whoever's there, thank God it's not us <laughs> in the Camping World Bowl. All right, Cotton Bowl. Also at noon, Memphis-Penn State, which is should be an interesting game. I mean, Norvell not being there takes a little bit of the luster off of it. But Penn State, by the way, a seven-point favorite. And then that night, well, at 4 o'clock, you get the playoff games, LSU-Oklahoma. LSU, a 13-point favorite. Clemson and Ohio State follows. Clemson is a two-point favorite. Um I'm I'm picking LSU. I'm doing it publicly here for you guys. I, I'm kind of rooting for them, although I don't know how 100% behind it I can get because there's things I don't like about them. But, um, you know, I, I think LSU's been unstoppable all year and they're not going to be stoppable now. All right, it is finally time for three things. It's time for three things. All right, three things. One, number one, the President's Cup. Uh, I don't know how many of you watched a lot of it or a little bit of it. I think you had to be a real golf nut to stay up that late. Um, but it was, you know, we won. USA, USA. I'm, I was happy that they won. Didn't watch a ton of it, though. Uh, it just wasn't uh, It wasn't compelling. And here's the problem. But it wasn't compelling for me, Pat Dooley. Because for me, I'm not going to bed at 3 o'clock, Okay. So I'm watching it. I start watching. I get into it. All right. I'm not going to know. It's the eighth hole. There's no way I'm staying up. So for me, it wasn't great. But it was great for them and great for Tiger Woods, who once again showed, don't call him out. Don't call him out. Although I did see that Abraham answer had an answer. 
it could be anchor because uh, I don't know, but um, had an answer. But that he was asked a question at a previous tournament about the and, and it was he said it was by a Spanish uh, speaking um, reporter, and they and there was a little bit lost in the translation. But basically, he said, "I'd like to play Tiger in the Presidents Cup," and Tiger said, Oop, "Okay, you got me. We're going to make sure we play. How about that?" And then Tiger went out and spanked him. So even if you did it unintentionally, you just never call him. You don't poke that bear. Uh, number two, I, I've got this obsession, and, and Darren Rovell does too, because he's always tweeting these things out. For these bills that players take their teammates out on the town, maybe for dinner, maybe they take their linemen out, maybe they, they just take the guys out for drinks. You know, um, The latest was a rookie dinner. Um. And uh, it it came to ten thousand four hundred dollars was the tab, but it didn't even close to the record. The record that they've documented the two thousand fourteen Eagles sixty four thousand dollars, and for some reason I'm obsessed with looking at them. I love looking at those bills and seeing what they got here and what they got here. Oh my God, it's five hundred dollars for a for a bone in steak or and all this. I mean, the, some of the the prices are unbelievable. I don't know why I'm obsessed, but I am. Especially with something called, and I won't, I will not pronounce this name right. Drunken Wigo is some kind of a, some kind of a beef that is. I think it's only fed sake or something like that. And apparently, it's a big deal. Places. I don't think it's a big deal in Gainesville, but maybe you know about Drunken Wigo or Wigo or Wigo. You learn something every day. Finally, number three. Merry Christmas, everybody. I appreciate you guys so much. Everybody who listens to this podcast, it's uh, it's great to know and great to talk to people. Gosh, I just the other day, somebody just passed me in the store and said something about it. Um, and, and I love doing it. I love doing it for you guys. It's it's important to me. And I uh, can't wait to get back doing it after the Orange Bowl. Um, please have a merry and safe Christmas and have a great New Year's. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Until then... My name's Pat Dooley. I am the sports columnist of the Gainesville Sun. I am deep, I am way back, and I am out of here. The Dooley Noted Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. And by Vistar Credit Union with locations across Gator Country. Visit vistarcu.org. And also, the humidor, going the distance for fine cigars. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.